0: Welcome to the Subtle Cane Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Smith, broadcasting from the Aorta of America, beautiful festival city, Oshkosh, Wisconsin, where we pump out reason and pierce through the propaganda. Here we go. So who am I? What am I doing here? What are you doing here? Well, hopefully you're looking for a place where open discussion and thoughtful contemplation are not only welcome, but encouraged. We're going to engage in some conversations about a variety of topics. There will be some interviews, some monologues, and likely some borderline incoherent rambling. We will try to limit that. We're going to evaluate information and evidence, and we will attempt to weigh it all impartially. The goal of this show is not to provide you with conclusions, but rather questions and resources. Let's get into episode one, Sift and Winnow. Remember that first day of class, the nervous tension, wondering what to expect. Have you ever had a professor or a teacher that sparked your mind in an unexpected way? maybe caused you to shift your paradigm a little. I have. A rumpled professor enters the classroom from an adjoining office and pushes play on a ginormous boombox. Out pour the sounds of the melodic Jefferson Airplane and the song White Rabbit. One pill makes you larger, the other pill makes you small, and the ones that mother give you don't do anything at all. And on it went. At the end of the song, the professor pushed the stop button. He smiled and pointed to the board behind him. You have your first assignment, he said. Well, I thought that was a little cheeky, considering it was the first ten minutes of class, and he hadn't even introduced himself yet. But there we were. And the assignment was to memorize a plaque that was in the foyer of the UW-Sheboygan campus I was attending. The plaque was from an 1894... Board of Regents meeting, and it read as such, Whatever it may be which Tremell inquiry elsewhere, we believe that the Great State University of Wisconsin should ever encourage that continual and fearless sifting and winnowing by which alone the truth can be found. I found that to be a rather profound statement. Let's just go over it real quick again. Whatever it may be which Tremell inquiry elsewhere, Whatever's happening anywhere else that is impeding inquiry, we believe that the Great State University of Wisconsin should ever encourage that continual, and get this, fearless sifting and winnowing, by which alone the truth can be found. Sifting and winnowing, a bit of an archaic agricultural term. It was used to describe the process where you would take wheat from the field. You would sift it, you would winnow it, you would let the wind blow away the chaff, and you would keep the wheat germ, what you were really after. The idea that sifting and winnowing through all the evidence to find truth is, well, at least should be a sacred idea in academia. In life, we need to sift and winnow through all the evidence. We need to remove all the garbage and just keep the truth. Well, how can you do that? How can you do that if you don't have all the evidence? If there are questions that you are not allowed to ask, if there are people you are not allowed to listen to, let me tell you, it doesn't happen. We will always have a limit to the good information that we have. But when we are trying to weigh the evidence, we need to have access to all the information. We need to let that evidence stand or fall of its own merit. When we start having our own little ministry of truth, telling us what is or isn't allowed to be considered, we are no longer living in a free society. That's a very dangerous place to be. It's a place that the 20th century has seen plenty of, always with destructive and horrible consequences. So let us learn a little more about sifting and winnowing. In order to sift and winnow, we need to have some tools in our toolbox. Reasoning, we need to be able to weigh evidence correctly, or at least in a way that reduces our chance of error. In philosophy, you learn about reasoning. You learn about different kinds of reasoning. There are three generally accepted types of reasoning. Number one, deductive reasoning. Deductive reasoning can give us a level of certainty the others can't. Number two, inductive reasoning. Inductive reasoning cannot give us certainty, but can give us a very high level of probability. It is based on the idea that there are premises that we all accept. And we can use those premises to support the main premise. Number three, abductive reasoning. Abductive reasoning is much more nebulous. It can give us a fair amount of probability. But it cannot give us any certainty. And there are elements that we are missing. So we try to just do the best we can with what we have. Now, before I lose you into oblivion because of the, well, let's be honest, not so riveting Philosophy 101 lesson, I just want to thank you for being here. What I'm trying to do here is give a little background because I want to tackle a lot of topics. If I don't at least give this little bit of background about how we reason and about correlation and causation and some possible things that could maybe skew our reasoning, then it might not have the punch that we're looking for. Okay, what I want to do here is just I want to try and help. Teach some things that I hadn't necessarily been taught. I know aren't being taught. We don't teach rhetoric in this school anymore. I find that to be a disturbing fact. So I'm just trying to break things down a little bit. We'll get through this, give a little background, and then we will talk about some, well, frankly, very interesting topics. At least I think so. I think you will too. And I think they're relevant. Some of it's going to. Well, maybe wander off into the fringe a little bit, but a lot of it is going to be some very practical things that we all deal with in life, or can witness, or maybe we aren't aware of, but is good information, at least in my humble opinion. So I'm going to give a little breakdown of deductive, inductive, and abductive reasoning and what their differences are, and then we will get into things a little more, oh, how do you say it, a little more entertaining. And if not entertaining, at least informative. Number one, deductive reasoning. D is a Latin prefix, which means from. So you come from the evidence and find a conclusion. And it is conclusive. You can prove things. An example would be if there was a basket with four apples in it. And the teacher took one apple out and asked you how many apples remain in the basket. You could use deductive reasoning to say, well, he took one out, and there was four in there. So now there's three in there. That's actually using deductive reasoning. You have a very certain answer. You you can be certain about your conclusion. Inductive reasoning. In is a Latin prefix that means to or toward. So the evidence leads us to or toward a conclusion. And we can have a very high level of probability. But we can't necessarily be certain. Okay? That would would be like saying, why did the teacher take the apple out of the basket? Well, we could make some theories up. We could say, well, maybe the teacher was hungry for an apple. It's not very likely that that's why he took the apple out of the basket, considering the circumstances, right? We all have an agreed definition of what a teacher is, what they do. And we've had math class before. So we understand that the teacher probably, more likely, took the apple out of the basket to teach a lesson. Simple as it is, that would be using inductive reasoning. The last one, abductive reasoning. Ab means away. And this one is really just probability, and we can't be certain, but like I said, we're doing the best we can with what we have. So we could say, well, the teacher said he picked the apples up on the way to school this morning. Let's say there's a grocery store in between school and his home. We could use abductive reasoning to make the assumption that he bought the apples from the grocery store that is on the way from his home. We can't be certain. We don't know if he actually slept at his house. We also don't know if he bought them last night and just lied to us. With the evidence that we have, we can make the assumption that he bought the Apples at the grocery store on the way to school. And that will be good enough for us. We'll, we'll accept that, right? So we have deductive, inductive, and abductive. I know. Just pound it and pound it. The horse is dead, Aaron. The horse is dead. Okay. So then we want to know what the relationship is between aspects of an event. Causation and correlation. Causation is what we're going to use or what we're going to find in deductive reasoning so one thing causes another we know this because it's a relationship it's like the marriage of relationships okay but then there's correlation and correlation isn't quite so certain two things happen there might be a relationship between the two things it doesn't necessarily mean one caused the other i saw a meme i really enjoyed it it had this like wrought iron gate And the wrought iron gate had just been torn asunder. It was wide open. And through the opening of the gate was running a duck. And underneath it, it just said, correlation is not causation. I thought that was clever. I liked it. And it illustrates the point. We don't believe that the duck has some kind of crazy magneto powers and tore the gate asunder. We realize that something else probably tore the gate asunder and the duck is just running through it. But the picture was taken in a way that it looks like the duck may have torn the gate asunder. Why do I bring that up? Well, correlation is its portrayed as causation more often than it should be. I mean, it never really, it never should be. But it is done that way. And it's done that way in a deceptive manner or in an ignorant manner. But either way, you cannot work with a conclusion that uses correlation in place of causation. It, it's, it's untenable. Okay, now let's ask ourselves another question. Can you think of a cause that your reason would be faulty? I'll give you a couple examples of what I'm thinking. An emotional attachment or an emotional hijacking about a thing that can s- circumvent our reason. If we're too attached to something, we end up ha- having what we call confirmation bias. We have an attachment already with an outcome, a conclusion that we want to see. And because we want to see that conclusion, we look specifically for evidence that provides us the sense that we are right. And obviously, there's a lot of that going on in the world. I am guilty of it. We all are guilty of it. We have to check ourselves constantly and make sure that we're not just looking for the answers we want. We need to sift and winnow through that evidence, and we need to do it in a way that we can stand back, take the emotion away, and just try and see things as they are. Try to sever those emotional attachments to conclusions. Another thing that can go wrong is a deficit in our knowledge base. That can be fixed. That's where we might think that we know what we're looking at, but because we don't really understand what we're looking at, we're not able to really up with an accurate assessment okay now that that is a real thing having a deficit in your knowledge base and having that affect your reasoning that's a thing that happens it's something we have to be on guard for and we need to be aware of it unfortunately that's also something that technocrats use technocrats we can get into that at an at a later date but people who believe that experts are the only ones who can know anything. All right. Experts, the expert said this, the expert said that the idea of experts is a noble one. Having people who specialize, we need them. I mean, we would not have modern society without experts. There is a difference between respecting and giving proper weight to the words of experts and just bowing down and abandoning reason in lieu of the expert's opinion, okay? And what we want to do is we want to be able to look at the evidence, weigh what the experts are saying, but we also we want to trust our own eyes, and we want to educate ourselves in a way that we can at least think about a thing in a critical manner to make decisions, okay? And there's, of course, unreliable sources, right? Experts or so-called experts, can be very unreliable sources. I think we see a lot of that in the world. We have politicians for political power, corporations for money, activists, religious leaders, scientism, the worship of science as a religion rather than just using the scientific process okay? or scientific methods. We have cultural biases. We have religious biases. We have political biases. We have to always be testing ourselves. We have to always be looking for the motivations that we have, but not only the motivations we have, but the motivations that other people have for telling us what they're telling us. Okay? Oh, the experts. One thing I want to do here with this podcast is I want to operate under the value-for-value system. And that's what we're going to do. What does that mean? Well, that means... In a free and open discussion, there is no place for advertising. Now that's my opinion. It is something that I truly believe. You know, John C Dvorak and Adam Curry of the No Agenda podcast and Basil and Gans of the Canary Cry News Talk podcast, they operate under this value for value system. I heard that and when it was explained to me, I thought, "You know what? I really I get that." And I and I thank them for introducing me to that now it may be financially disastrous because without advertising you don't have an income stream so what the value for value system is is if you find value in this podcast if you find value in what i'm doing i would ask humbly that you provide value back and that can be monetary uh, contributions it can be art it can be helping me with the production of the show Anybody who contributes to this show, I will consider you a producer. And you know what? Go ahead and put that on your resume. I'll back you up. You are my producers. And I want my producers to have a voice. And I want that value that I'm providing to be given back in a way that enriches the show. And it's just reciprocal. So that as value comes back to me, I can provide you more value. Look, I know I'm not going to get rich doing this. I'm not going to get famous. I'm just doing this because I feel strongly about it. And I look, I enjoy it. I love listening to podcasts and I've had a a somewhat abnormal existence in my 44 years. And uh, I do have some experience and in a variety of things. And I think I can bring something uh, to this table. And I just ask that you return something so that I can continue to do that. Like I said, it's a reciprocal relationship. Now, I'll have uh, links for my Venmo, for PayPal. Uh, I have a crypto wallet, so if, if you want to donate crypto, that's fine. I'll also have it set up with my email so that you can send me clips that you think are relevant or little jingles if you're able to do that kind of a thing artwork is great too i love art music all of it and you know what if i can uh help somebody else out i'll help you out and get you some exposure look i really appreciate you taking the time to sit and listen to this i know that this first one as i explained earlier it might be a little dry but it is that way because like i said i want us to learn to sift and winnow all right Let's use our deductive, inductive, and abductive reasoning to work through some issues, to think about some topics. Let us continually and fearlessly ask questions. And let's do it together. For all of you listening, you are valued, you are loved, and you are worthy. God bless, and good night.